subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ninja Selling Podcast. We got a special episode for you today. We have a wonderful guest. And right before we dive into that, real quick, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're new to Ninja Selling, head over to ninjaselling.com to learn more about what that is. And if you want to join a community of people who are learning about ninjas, who are people who are expert ninjas and people who want to just join together and help everyone along the ninja path, head over to Facebook and search for The Ninja Selling Podcast and join the fastest growing community in the universe. It's an amazing thing. So today, well, it's September, which is Realtor Safety Month. And so we're going to be talking about this today. And we have an incredible guest. We have Natalie Davis with us, who is a certified ninja selling coach with us. She is president of the Colorado Association of Realtors and co-host of the Reignite Resilience podcast and a mom and all around incredible person. Natalie, I honestly don't know how you do it all because you do it all extremely well. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. I don't even know how we got Natalie on this show. I mean, like, if you look go her like her <laughs> list of credentials here, like, I don't know if we're qualified to have Natalie on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I inadvertently volunteered myself. I don't know how it happened. I just end up in a conversation with Garrett, and here I am. So that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, we were just chatting, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Wait, what? I'm wait. Why are we here to record? Wait, how did we? Yeah." Wait, are we actually doing a podcast? So Natalie is also a great friend of Garrett and mine. So this is going to be a fun episode. Garrett, good morning to you too, man. Thank you, sir. I thought you were introducing me at first and I was thrown off when you started talking about Natalie. So you're all the like accolades and awesome titles and amazing person is what got me. And I was like, oh, Matt, that's really nice of you. (laughs) Good morning, sir. I'm happy to be here. Also, Natalie, I'm so excited that we get to have you on the podcast. You are literally one of my favorite people, um, just in your energy, your drive. Um, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has their their hands in so many things, doing so much all the time. Like you're one of those people that I watch and I'm like, yes. how? How in the world does she balance all this stuff out? And you truly are a, a force to be reckoned with. So I'm grateful to have you on, grateful to have you as a friend. So I'm excited to be going down this this road of realtor safety today is how we got here. Yeah. It's Realtor Safety Month. It's Realtor Safety Month. It is. Well, we kind of stumbled into this accidentally because <laughs> yes, Natalie and absolutely. I were, were talking, we were chatting, and uh, and we started talking about just safety in general for real estate agents. And, and Natalie's like, you do realize September's Realtor Safety Month. And I was like, well, we should have you on to talk about this because you're in the thick of it. I mean, you being on the president, the president of the board and all that, like this or the association, like this is like things that you get to oversee and deal with and talk about on a daily basis. And uh, first off, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know how you want to jump in with this one, but uh, obviously you're like, yeah, this is something we could talk about. Absolutely. And Garrett, it, it's truly something that I has been at the forefront for me in terms of discussion for many, many years, even before serving in this capacity. And this just came up. I had actually had a client that reached out to share an experience that she had a few weeks ago. And my response before I dive into anything else, it was just 
safety first. And then I went into what I would have done in that situation or how she could have navigated through that situation. And a lot of agents that talk to me, I often say safety first, right? And that's, it's safety in numbers. It's being aware of your surroundings. So many things that we can dive into, but it's important for us to not take for granted what we're doing and how we are actually leaving ourselves vulnerable in certain situations and leaving our clients vulnerable in certain situations. So I think that's an important piece for us to just at least spend a little bit of time reflecting on. And I am a broken record in this. Create a process around, Mm. right? At, at, At the end of the day, it all comes down to making sure that you have a process in place when it comes to safety. And a lot of agents don't do that. I think sometimes we we forget the situation that we're putting ourselves into. And I think back about this as a, you know, uh, many years back now, because my girls are 19 years old, but we we did a field trip into a very interesting part of San Francisco. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to like showcase any places here, but we did a field trip. And it was interesting in the morning, we were supposed to walk up to the Capitol building there and uh, the main mall. And as we're walking up the streets, I had this moment of like, we're in a really, really, really unsafe part of San Francisco, like really unsafe part. And I started looking around and I'm watching all these people with their kids and the teacher and they're all like just skipping in their mind. They're like, we're on a field trip, like yay, field trip, like let's go. And my growing up in the cities, walking around going like, one, I was like, I'm really happy I'm surrounded by all these kids right now because if this was just me strolling up the street right now, like there might be a little life expectancy timer that's on my back. Like you got this long <laughs> to make it out of this situation. Yes. But it was really an interesting <laughs> thing how fast our judgment got skewed because of we're on a school field trip and I was watching the teacher walk way up in front, just like marching through, never looking back at like all these families and all these kids. And I'm like, okay, you're not thinking about the right thing. We're all this false sense of security here right now. And we got to get all these kids and everybody out of the situation. And that I think happens with real estate agents sometimes. And I think lots of industries where we get into doing the job, this is my job, and all of a sudden we stop, like we forget about the safety side of things. You watch it in construction where all of a sudden somebody's yes. taking some crazy risk up on top of a rooftop that if they weren't getting paid for it, they'd be like, what am I doing up here? Not doing it. Like, well, why, why would, why would, why is this okay? I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Oh, there's a paycheck. Like I'm going to get, oh, okay. Where do you want me to stand? We get like kind of like the waters get muddied up really fast in certain situations. And this is why I think it's great to talk about this of like how fast that can happen and what we need to be paying attention to. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Garrett, when you talk about like just being aware of your surroundings, I start to think about like how aware I am in every situation. And if you think going to show property, if there's someone sitting in the car at the end of the street, I'm pretty much aware of that, right? And I'm going to see who is the person that's sitting in the car, how long are they sitting in the car? Instead of just pulling up to the house, hopping out, unlocking the door, you have no idea what you're walking into in those situations. And it comes to just having that sense of awareness about where are you and what are you truly doing? And are you taking your safety and your client's safety into consideration? Well, and this is the beauty of having a process, right? And a system that incorporates safety, right? Like yes. one of the things we talk about in Ninja, even just on a showing process is always park across the street. One, because it gives you and your clients the best view of the home and you want to experience what the home is, but also you now get to see down the street 
you know, you get to see around the home versus pulling into the driveway, then all of a sudden being at the door with your back to everybody else fiddling with a lockbox, right? Yes. Well, so Natalie, like just kind of as a way to start off this conversation, because I think there is the whole just personal safety aspect, not necessarily just realtor safety, but from a realtor perspective, what are some of the things that you recommend to your association members and your clients and things that you do personally as a realtor to make sure that you have safety built into your processes? Yeah, fabulous. So I think that's a great question, Matt. If I, I'm going to break it down to a couple of parts. So you said if you are connecting with your association, know that all uh, realtor associations have a realtor safety toolkit and process that you can tap into if your brokerage or your office does not. And if you're an independent office, tap into your realtor brokerage because you can get it there. And from the um, brokerage standpoint, I think this is a conversation that every office needs to have. What's the protocol? If there is an agent that may be in danger, is there someone that's on call covering the front desk? Does your front desk receptionist know what to do if someone were to call in and they have found themselves in a procuring situation? Like, how do they um, navigate through that piece of it? And making sure that there is a protocol that everyone understands that they can um, follow I know that there's the, you know, whatever colored folder, get that off of my desk. I know that that was something that I heard very early in my career. So it's, you know, if I call you, Garrett, and I say, hey, Garrett, could you grab the yellow folder off of my desk for the Smiths? I need that at 123 Main Street. Garrett now knows that I'm in a situation that I need assistance. And he also knows where I'm located. Right now, he knows where I am and that something is happening. I, I would be the one going like, okay, I've got the folder. What are you going to do with it? You'd be like, no, no, no. Like, I need you to get the folder. I'd be like, oh, I know. I got it. Like, would you want me to give it to like, no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Is there something inside of it I should be looking for? But the process is so important. <laughs> That's why we need the process. <laughs> The process is important. Oh my gosh. Yes. And make sure that everyone's aware of the process. So that's a big piece. Like make sure that you have the process and everyone's aware of it. Matt, if I were to like talk about it, there are a couple of things you can looking at safety from a showing standpoint. I'll circle back around if we want to go into that. Open houses, I think are probably the spot where we're the biggest targets, unfortunately. And and that's the realization. Yeah. NAR reported that 86% of people who hosted open houses alone felt unsafe. 81%. Exactly. Felt unsafe. Yes. It's a lot. Exactly. And that's the thing. I, again, I think there's strength in numbers. If you can host an open house with another agent, one of your affiliate partners, if you have a lender or something that like that, that you can um, connect an open house with. But again, making sure that they have an understanding of your process. I, when teaching agents on how to host open houses, when it comes to safety, and that's usually the leading thing, I start with safety and then we lead into everything else. Taking control of the open house is important. I think that agents need to remember that they control the open house. I'm a firm believer of locking the front door during an open house. And it serves for two reasons. One, it gives you control of the process, right? You don't just have a person that swings the door open, they whirlwind in, they take a look at the house, they never talk to you, they whirlwind out, right? Like that's that's typically what happens. And you, you know that you have those one-off situations. But also when you lock the door, in addition to taking control of the process, if you ever needed to identify someone, you've now made eye-to-eye contact with every person that's walking through the door. Right. So that's and and again, I know it gets very dark, but it's your process that you have in place. And if you ever need to identify someone, you've at least made contact with them. And I've I've heard that if there is a 
perpetrator that is entering the home, if you can see their face and they can, they know that you've seen their face, they're less likely to go into attack. Now it's not going to eliminate the pro- those, those opportunities, but it will slow them down. So that's the first thing that I always say, like lock the door so that you're keeping yourself safe. That's a good move. So Natalie, you mentioned one thing, which is safety in numbers. And I was just sitting here yeah. thinking about that. And I think a lot of people kind of go like, oh, how can I talk another agent to sitting with me in an open house for, you know, a couple hours. But, you know, the more I was sitting here kind of processing that, if I was to do an open house and I said, hey, Natalie, would you be up for doing an open house with me? It's over here on this street for a couple of reasons. One is, is that because I do open houses with others, I don't do them by myself. Second is, is that we can better address people that are coming into this environment and we can better help more people. And second is, would you be willing to go 50-50 on any business that comes out of this open house? Absolutely. Whatever you pull together, whatever I pull together, we just split the, that 50, 50% just because we were here in this environment, working this environment together. Like it really can be a one is a protecting your safety at the same time, also creating a nice working relationship with somebody where it's worth their time. It's worth my time. Could I have gotten a hundred percent of that commission? Yeah. Are you guaranteed to go home at the end of the uh, day? Yeah. Like exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And I think if you look at it as a long game, right? Like it's not just a one-off open house here or there, make that part of your business plan, right? Like sit down with that other person or other three individuals that you've identified and say, this is my plan for the year. Let's knock out 20 open houses this year. We'll do them together. Anything we generate out of that is 50, 50, right? It's again, it's, it's part of your business plan. Yeah. Win-win. It's not just by happenstance. Yeah, absolutely. When you get into the open house, the other piece of that, some things that I'm always sensitive to is looking at specifically in the kitchen. There are a lot of homeowners that still keep uh, butcher blocks or is that butcher block knife blocks? What are those things that hold the knives? What are those called? Whatever they are, I pull. We don't use those anymore, Natalie. A block of knives. Block <laughs> a block of weapons. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. what, that's what exactly what I like. A drawer at. full of weapons. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a magnet strip above the stove. Exactly. The magnet strip, I pull it. All of those come off. They're not visible. I drop them in a drawer. I drop them under the sink. And sometimes a homeowner comes on when I forget to put them back out. And I'm like, listen, I just wanted to make sure that I was safe. I wanted to put all of your knives away. They get it, right? Like they understand that you've just been left oh, yeah. in that home for the last three hours. It, that If you're really, again, if it's part of your process, you let them know. I've pulled that out just so I'm safe. What an Interesting thing, though, to also go through because I we have clients that like are like push, 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 push open houses, and what an interesting way to kind of let them into that world of what we are actually doing and what we do yeah. on a day to day basis. When you're like, by the way, I hid all the knives on your counters and things like that for my personal safety while I was here, letting strangers into your house that I don't know what their intentions might be. Yes, like it changes the entire game of what being in real estate is. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, you don't just find me a buyer for my house. Like there's a whole lot of other stuff going on here. Yeah. The value description of what you do goes up because the thing about a homeowner, I wouldn't want strangers just coming into my house. Right. It also, things like that force you to also just have a overall process for your open house, which will then help you execute better when you're talking to just potential clients, right? Absolutely. You're going to have a better system, which is going to allow you to follow up better, which is going to allow you to show up better for your business, which is going to lead to more business. So like starting with safety sounds like a great way to also just have a good business process associated with an open house. 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think uh, you guys hit the nail on the head when you're talking about value proposition. It is here is my process for helping you and sell your home, right? Like that's the process that I'm going to take you through. But this is also my profession. And here's how I'm operating my business on the back end. The things that you don't see, like these are the things that I'm doing to ensure that I'm running a successful business along the way. A lot of times people don't understand what they are paying for when they hire a realtor. And there's exactly. a lot of elements around this. I mean, you can think of other professions and you go, well, why do they get paid so much? Well, because it's a dangerous, and I'm not talking about real estate agents. Like I'm talking like, let's just use an underwater welder as an example. Well, why does an underwater welder make so much? Well, one, it's a skill. They had to go to get trained and there's that kind of stuff. It's also one of the most dangerous jobs you can have. Yeah. So like to put yourself underwater with a welding torch, electric current going through you, through this thing, and the chances of having oxygen tubes kicked up or you know, air, your air supply getting shut off from up above by accident, all these things you get paid really well and people go, oh, I get it. You can't see that in some professions quite as easy. And I think real estate, this is kind of one of those is like that behind the scenes stuff that everybody just goes like, I don't get it. There's a lot going on here. Absolutely. And that's, I think those, those are, that's the thing. Like we, there's so much that happens in, within the real estate industry and we keep it like top secret for whatever reason, like share that with the client, let them know what we're doing. Great point. Yep. There's a lot that goes into it. Underwater welding has never been on my radar, and you just described. Oh, you it. should try it. Never. <laughs> <laughs> it is on never. my radar, by the way. I don't know why, no. but it is. Something that I- <laughs> There's a lot of strange things that are on your radar, Garrett. I mean, <laughs> I, yes, it's amazing how quickly I just learned about it, and I was able to go through all of my fears in one moment. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, I'm good. No. Realtor sounds a lot better right now. (laughs) I'll tell you all about it, Natalie, when I check it off my list. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So the open house, Natalie, we control the environment in those circumstances. I would also add in like if you're if you have a listing that doesn't have a ring doorbell or some type of camera on the front, encourage the homeowner to supply one or maybe just supply one yourself. Hey. You know, during the time you're listed, let's get a ring doorbell. O- only access to you, the homeowner, but that way we always have something that we can refer to just in case something were to happen. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, this goes back to what you were saying really quick about making eye contact or face contact with somebody. Yeah. When somebody realizes that they've been on camera, that all of a sudden that situation's taken place, like all of a sudden they're like, oh, like this is not my environment to pull off whatever I was thinking about pulling off. So Matt, I'm happy you brought the ring camera because I think that that goes right back to, oh, I can be, I can be recognized now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and you can even as a realtor, you can get like hunting cameras or whatever that are LTE or maybe now 5G kind of connected. So you can then just have a mobile you know, camera you set up for just the time that you're there, you know, for your own safety. And then you can take it with you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, privacy issues with homeowners and things like that. This vision of all these camouflage cameras, like, like in the bushes and things like that. Exactly. Just like put it up. All right, start <laughs> We're not, no need to like hide in the bushes. We're not going that extreme. Yes. Just have your own commando sitting outside. Just, you know, that would be cool. Strength in numbers. You know, what about when we don't control the environment, which is very often as well, right? I mean, I I know a lot of the instances of, of feeling unsafe come from an open house where we have control, but there's also circumstances where we're not controlling the environment. And that's either we're meeting somebody we don't know for a showing 
or we're showing clients uh, a home in maybe an area that we don't know well, that we're not comfortable in, or it's a vacant home or time of day too, particularly as we get into winter, the sun setting, as the time zones change in some areas, you could have, it could be dark before five. Correct. That's going to be hard to be showing homes in that time. So what are your tips for when we don't control the environment, Natalie? Yeah, good question. I and those I think that was the the absolute worst when I was actively showing property was in the fall winter season that five o'clock showing because you know that it is dark right and showing specifically a vacant property those were probably the most challenging. But again, this was on my radar. It was always top of mind. So a couple of things. One is how are you prepared in going into that showing or, or getting ready for that showing? Because there are a few things that I always like to recommend to agents that they do. You want to get there early and get the home prepared to uh, get the lights on and things like that when your clients arrive. But before you get there, always let someone know where you are, especially if you're going to a vacant property, right? So if it's a significant other, if it's a family member, if it's a coworker in the office, it's your managing broker, but let someone know where you are. Here, I'm in Colorado. So here in Colorado, our um, showing service, once you start a showing, you can now start a showing beacon, which alerts your emergency contacts of where you just arrived to. So that's cool. Yeah, They get a notification that you just got to 123 Main Street, it sets for an hour. So if after 60 minutes, you don't go back in and click, I'm safe, I'm okay, they get another announcement that you haven't heard from Natalie, you probably need to go check in on them. That is really cool. My daughter is my emergency beacon. So she has called and she's like, are you safe? You haven't turned it off. <laughs> Why would you do that to your daughter? <laughs> she enjoys it. <laughs> Okay. She right. voluntarily <laughs> checks in on me on a daily basis. So it's, it's, it's perfectly fine. But if you have any type of service like that, I highly encourage that you utilize that. And then also when you get to the property, the same thing that we started off discussing, if there are cars parked on the street where the engine's running or lights are on and someone's sitting in it, be aware of that. I'm also aware of what I'm bringing into the home with me. I always keep my keys on my person, on my body, right? So they're in my pocket. And again, this is a conscious choice that I make to make sure that I wear something that has pockets so I can stick keys in my pocket and I don't have to fumble to try to find keys if I have to escape and get to my car. Again, it seems like it's in a really dark space, but that's the process that I put in place for myself that really works for me. You know, Natalie, you say like it's in a dark space, but like I, you think about the people like who are trained in self-defense and things like that. Yeah. One of the things that they are aware of is every environment they walk into, every restaurant they walk into. Police officers have said this to me a lot when I've interviewed them and talked to them. They'll say things like, sometimes I'll say it's the reason that they had to stop doing all those trainings and all that stuff because they, they can't walk into an environment and just enjoy the environment. Like every environment is what are the threats that are available in this room right now? Yes. But it definitely makes you evaluate the situation around you differently when you just have that heightened awareness. And it, I mean, yeah, you can look at it as, yeah, this is coming from a dark place and non-trusting place. But at the same time, it's like, if you're a wild animal out in the middle of the, the you know, the savannah, like you're constantly scoping around going, is that water hole safe right now for me to go get a drink at? Or do I maybe need to wait a little bit? It's just, it's natural survival stuff that sometimes we just get too comfortable. Yep. Sometimes these things just become habit too, and you don't think about them, but they are keeping you safe. Like not only having your keys on you, but locking your car when you go in for the showing. Yes. So that no one can steal stuff out of your car for one. 
but also they can't get into your car, all the things, but it just becomes a habit. Like for me, like now it's just, anytime I get out of the car, it's lock the car. Yes. Right. That's just a habit. Now, I don't think the reason why I'm doing it's just part of my process just from my own personal safety. So, okay, great. So you got your keys on you. Keep going. No, that's great. So, if, and, and I've had, I'll just interject a, a short story here um, in showing a vacant property in the fall. Um, this was years and years ago. I remember going to a vacant property. It was a high-end vacant property at that and opening the front door and I heard the back door slam mm. and my clients were already with me and I closed the door and I said, we're not seeing this property today. And we walked away and that was it. And I called the listing agent. So that's the other thing is what are the steps that you're taking after? I called the listing agent and I said, someone just walked out the back when I walked in the front. You might want to have somebody go over and take a look at that property because it seems like someone is living in the property. Now, this was 2010 timeframe, right? So market was significantly different and inventory sat on for a little bit longer. But take that extra step, right? Not because I found myself safe, my clients were safe, we left and we were okay to go back at a later time. But let the listing agent know what's happening at that property. Don't just keep them in the dark because they may not be aware of it either. It's a great point. You get to call them and say, by the way, this is your problem, not my problem. Like, So I'm leaving <laughs> and I'm just alerting you that you have a situation going on that seems unsafe. So I'm going to have you go in. Agreed. My work here is done. You take it from here. <laughs> But yeah, so that's the other piece. You know, um, if you're going in with clients, if they're clients that you know, I think your approach needs to be a little different than clients that you don't know, right? If you're meeting clients for the very first time, avoid putting yourself in situations where you're walking down in the basement in front of them, right? You don't ever want to have your back to them. Avoid finding yourself having long conversations in spaces that don't have an easy exit. So if you are having a conversation about how much they love the house near the furnace in the basement, take that conversation upstairs to the kitchen where you know that you can get to an exit pretty quickly and you're not you're you're not surrounded by individuals that you don't know. But the same is true if you think that you know someone, still practice the same precaution, right? Like don't put yourself in spots where you know that you're more susceptible or an easier target in the event that someone were going to attack you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point with people that maybe you've been working with for a couple of weeks. Like yeah. you think you know them, no. but you don't. I mean, and I think part of this, all of this kind of comes around to like the likelihood of us getting into a situation that's going to be a problem is outrageously low, which is why we get so comfortable with doing things. Because right. if we polled all the listeners to say, okay, we can highlight how many times have you felt unsafe might be high, but how many times have you actually been in a situation where someone has done something the results are going to be a low percentage, uh -huh. but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take into account because the thing is, is you never know when something could happen. Exactly. Right. Which gets into like just general personal safety for ourselves and having processes like with clients that we don't know. And this is why I love, you know, helping people get on the ninja path because it's all about having a process to yes. one work with people, you know, but the people that you don't know who are referred to you, meeting them up front and understanding and going through these processes. Because people who are want to cause harm or steal or anything, they're not going to want to go and sit down and do a buyer interview. They just want to go see a property. Exactly. Exactly. And so if we run these processes, we have more clarity with who we're working with. This is going to be a lot easier so that we can feel safe and they can feel safe too. Right? Well, it 
Matt, you brought this up when we were kind of getting rolling here. We're, we Every time before we hit record, we kind of banter for a little bit and kind of see where we're going to go. And Matt, you had brought up the stat of people most likely to get attacked in a situation like this. And I think my brain was going one way. And you said, if I remember correctly, now, do you have the percentage of... Oh, I think that was, that was Natalie who brought that up. But and And I looked at the most recent report. It doesn't say male versus female. But Natalie, you were saying that males actually can be attacked more often than females. Correct. Statistically, from what we have reported right now, and I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but statistically, there are more male realtor attacks than there are female realtor attacks. And people don't um, necessarily naturally think that, right? Uh, Just in having conversation and doing work within this space, they just think, oh, well, women are probably more prone to, to get attacked at open houses or showing properties or, you know, within the industry. And it's actually males. It's the opposite. There are more male attacks. Well, you figure who's got their guard up, like who's got their guard up and who's got their, who's let their guard down going like, ma'am, I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Guys think, oh, I'm not going to get attacked. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a dude. Right. And, and, and part of that is because the really horrible things that have happened to realtors have headlined been female. Right. Exactly. Correct. It's the little things like, you know, theft and stuff like that, that we don't hear about which are really the things that we should be protecting ourselves from because those are obviously a lot more likely to happen than, you know, unfortunately the worst of things that we have seen have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think as we go back to like talking about having a process, there's just this natural thing that I think also happens within people is that when you have a process in place, like your confidence level shoots through the roof, right? So when you have that air that you're bringing in, like that confidence level of we're going to do this open house, this is my open house, I control the process, or we're going to show this property, I'm taking you through this process of previewing this property. If there is an attacker that's around, they're less likely to attack someone that like seems very strong in terms of their presence and their confidence level that they bring to the table or the door, I guess I should say, that they bring to the door when people come in. Yeah, it's a really good point. Well, I think, you know, as we've kind of gone down to this point, there's the part that we can control the process and we can control the process. Listings, buyers, way up front. Ninja provides an incredible platform for that. Yes. We have the open houses we were talking about, Natalie, where obviously there's a lot of vulnerability that you open yourself up to, which I think is really important. Then I think, you know, we have... Interesting thing about an open house compared to going and showing property to somebody is is that we do have a lot of real estate agents that don't have a process around that. Yeah. And they are very willing to have a phone call come in and be like, oh, you want to see the property out at such and such on this street? And it's that's not a new thing for someone to jump into the car and be like, I'll be out there in 10 minutes. And all of a sudden we are sitting in a house that's vacant with somebody we've never met before. And that's been going on for ages, still goes on today. And I look at like the levels of preparation that you can take just to protect yourself. And I think that, you know, there are self-defense classes you could take out there for yourself. There's, you know, and Matt, you've talked about being socially aware. You talk about that all the time. The number one thing for safety for people is just being aware of your environment. It's come up a lot on this call today. There are specific classes you can take to specifically make you aware of the environment that's around you and, and the little signs that maybe we just have been trained out of us in the world that we get to live in, that all of us live in, have been kind of trained out of us. Uh, depending on where you live. Right. And I think the other thing that I would kind of want to go down a path here for a second is I also think that sometimes depending on where you are selling real estate, we maybe have a false sense of security. I think there's some people that go like, oh, well, that's where that all happens in the city. 
is where that danger can happen. Well, that I hate to say, I sold property in probably one of the more rural, rural areas that you could ever sell in. And there was a story of somebody driving up a dirt road to go show property and somebody walked out of the bushes, stepped up on the bumper, pointed a shotgun through the front windshield and said, you're going to keep backing down this hill until I jump off this front bumper here. And when I jump off the front bumper, you turn around and never come back up this hill again. Exactly. Exactly. That's rural. Yeah. Where, you know, for a long time, I did show property with a shotgun in the seat next to me. I will never, and I'll make this really quick, but I'll never forget it because I used to have clients come and get in the car and they'd be like, is that a shotgun? Like, yep. And they'd be like, why do you have that with you? I'm like, because we're going out there to go look for a home for you. I'm like, if you're uncomfortable with this, we shouldn't be buying a house out there. You shouldn't live (laughs) out there. Well, location is important. Do you bring that up, Garrett? One of the places where I managed an office in in a very suburban town, you know, great train ride to New York City and everything seems very safe and everything. A prime target for people carjacking because there's a lot of luxury vehicles. A lot of people leave their cars unlocked. I still, to this day, don't understand why people do that. And there's a lot of realtors who would pull up to a show and get out of their car, leaving it running. It's like, <laughs> yep. this happened actually down the street from my office. Somebody left their car running in Dunga Donuts. Well, that car was not there when they got out. And it's like, well, yeah. And they're like, this is crazy. In this town, really? It's like, well, because criminals target things that where they want to get things. They don't want to harm people a lot of the times. But these are things that you you can do to, you know, just being aware versus having that false sense of this is a nice town. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that the, when you talk about realtor safety, we talk about like, like person on person attacks, right? But we also need to be sensitive and aware of like, animals as well. Yeah. When you talk about these rural properties, I had a friend and her partner that were showing property in uh, Lake Tahoe area a couple of months ago and vacant property, new construction. So it's in the process. And a baby bear cub was in the home. Like, what is your process when you walk into a home and there's a bear? Like, what do you mean? Not on my radar. I live in the city, but you should have a process in place. (laughs) Exactly. I've, yeah, I've seen bears at open houses before. We had a bear take a dip in the pool one time. That was fun. Exactly. I've never seen that. We don't experience that in the Denver metro area. Um, but those are the things that we're talking about, like not just your safety, safety, but I think that there's also a sense of responsibility that agents need to have and understand when they're also working with their clients, right? So yeah. if you and your client enter a property and there's a bear that's taking a swim in the pool, what is your process? And have you talked to your clients about that? Do they know? Because the last thing you need is someone to freak out and screw up the process and everyone's in danger, right? Like talk them through. It was funny. So like going showing rural property like that, there was two people that would get in the car with me. Some of them would get in, they would freak out. They'd be like, "We're, we're rethinking where we're buying a property. And then I'll never forget one of my favorite clients ever, ever. He goes, can I bring mine? And I'm like, Sure, dude. And he comes in and really with like a revolver, like spins the chamber on it and clicks it shut and goes, let's go. And I'm like, okay, you're a little too into this. Like, <laughs> we're, we're not going hunting here, buddy, but you know, hey, all right. <laughs> yeah, this is just for the situation that we're going out there. This yes. isn't for a game now that we're entering. But, but in your client safety, like I had no problem with that client going out there and buying a piece of property out in the woods off the grid. For me, I was like, Phil, you're the perfect person to be living out here and living this life. Uh, He's also the same type of guy that would go find his own water source next to a tree because he saw a little blade of grass coming up. That type of person. 
great, run with it, man. But yeah, we are in charge of their safety. Yeah. Well, you mentioned city too. I mean, having the expectation set, you're doing showings, you got pockets so you can put everything in there. Letting your clients know, hey, you may not want to bring your purse yes, because it becomes a target, right? Interesting. I've heard plenty of stories of, you know, I mean, we hear the stories, if you read the news of people who get their purses snatched or their bags snatched, if if you have a guy wearing, you know, a satchel or whatever, but like, don't carry, or at least don't carry things in a way where they become a target, right? Yes. Like if you're ha- holding something in your hand, somebody's just going to run up and snatch it. And now if they just snatch it and run, okay, you're safe, right? but now your stuff's gone, yes. right? You know, yeah. and so just taking the proper precautions to just minimize yourself as a target when you're going into places that you're unaware of is always a good thing. And you can educate your clients on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And how awful do you feel if that is an experience that your client goes through and you just didn't take that moment to educate them? Right. I'll tell you that relationship is strained, whether you like it or not. Right. It is. When something like that happens. Yeah. It's not your fault, but yeah, it does. You're the expert. You do this every day. You are taking them into your world to go help them through the situation that they're trying to fix. Like your job is not only to help them find a house, it's not to get them the best deal. It's not to get them the best price. Your job also is maintain your safety, but also maintain their safety as you go through this process of buying a house. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, so Natalie question for you too. We've talked about, you know, when we control the environment, when we don't control the environment, how about also from a technology standpoint? I mean, realtor information is so easy to get, right? Like our phone numbers everywhere, our pictures everywhere, our emails everywhere. And so not only is there the physical safety, but there is also transactional safety, financial safety that I think a lot of times we don't think about as realtors as well. Yes. Right. So the, do you have some recommendations there on how we present ourselves as realtors out to the public to keep at least our identity safe and maybe that kind of upfront before we get to the physical, you know, showings and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's probably one of my pet peeves. It's a soapbox, right? Because as an industry, we just all thought that it's okay to put your face on your business card, your names. I mean, my face is on my business card. I'm not saying that I don't do it. I just, I do have a problem with it. We're all licensed. So all of our information is public record. Like all of our information is public record. So in terms of like taking steps to protect yourself, again, we want to have a strong presence in terms of, you know, online presence and making sure that we're searchable, but be selective in what you're choosing, like choosing to share with the general public. For the most part, everyone knows that I have children For years, I didn't share where they went to school, the activities that they were in. Because of my level of involvement, my girls knew, you know, they didn't necessarily know everyone that I knew, right? So let's just say there is someone that's trying to take advantage of a a situation. If they know where they go to school, their names and what we did for vacation last weekend, and they come by and they say, oh, I'm just a friend of your mom's. They could rightfully understand, well, yes, they probably are a friend of my mom's because they know who I am. They know where I go to school. They know we were just on vacation. I've just opened myself up for someone to just come in and gather all of that and really not just take advantage of me, but take advantage of my family. So I was sensitive to how much I shared and how much we're putting out there. We need to be aware of that because everything else that's public record is public record. Right. Name, address, phone number, face, like everything. And with what you do, it's easy to understand, oh, probably is from my mom. My mom talks to so many people because she's a realtor. It could be a client, could be, you know, all of these things. And that's a really good point of how we share information. That's just, that works for 
Anybody, anyone, people who aren't realtors, right? Agreed. Absolutely. Well, it's spooky. Somebody all of a sudden you know, has your home address and you, know, you the amount of technology that's out here nowadays, there's moments I'm like, that's so cool. And there's moments that I'm like, whoa, like, all right. <laughs> and the mere yeah. fact that like, I can instantly see a front view of my house, like, you know, or a top down view that was taken yes. in a very short amount of time. Like I'm talking months where some, I'm like, like, oh, look, we had done that work in the backyard the last time that I, you know, that picture was taken. Like the amount of access that people have. Yeah. It's already picked it up. Oh, it looks like my daughter's boyfriend's car was in the driveway. I don't remember <laughs> that. What is? It's funny. I checked on it and my daughter's car was at her boyfriend's house. I was like, really? She's there that much that she's... Uh, so I did that, Matt. I'm that creepy dad. <laughs> checking in on my daughter. No, but I think that it's... It's one of those things that we have, there is so much access into our world and there is so much that's public out there. Yes. And I have a feeling in the near future that we're going to find a better line of how do we make ourselves open to the public so people know, and this is where I think your realtor relationship type business, when we talk about Ninja, is so powerful because yes. you're not letting strangers for the most part into your world. You are working with people you know, like, and trust. They're referring people they know, like, and trust to you. The likelihood of having somebody with ill intentions come into your world out of the blue, because some of the best ninjas I know, they're just like, I don't work with strangers. Like, hey, you come in out of the blue, absolutely wonderful. We're going to make sure you get taken care of. And they refer it out to somebody else in their office. And they're, by the way, they're not thinking of it as their safety. They're looking at it as their time and how they are going to be managing this and what's going to require the most amount of energy for them to get that client from contract to closing. But at the end of the day, it does put them in a safer environment in this world and in selling real estate. And maybe there's a whole thing coming down the road of not making all that stuff just quite out there and putting your face everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you touch on a, on a, on a huge point, Gary, and I think it's, it, it goes back to exactly where we started. When we get so focused, like laser focused on the task and veer away from our process, that's when we open ourselves up to who knows what. Uh, but, and again, those agents that say, I'm not working with a stranger, that's their process, right? They're, regardless of, I need to see this property right away. Natalie told me to call you. Could we go and take a look at it? And then I'll meet you to do the buyer consultation. Someone could say, okay, you've just circumvented your process for that task. Like you have, and that's when we start to see things fall apart in every part of the business, right? When we talk about Ninja, as soon as you veer oh, yeah. away from the process, that's when things, the wheels start to fall. You're going to cut another corner somewhere else too. Absolutely. That's it. That's a big piece. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can, there's a lot more things we can go down yeah. on the list of things for one last question, Natalie, because people ask this question every now and then is, are there certain apps or things or websites that a realtor should go to to either learn more about safety or use for their safety? Yeah, absolutely. My go-to, my default is through NAR. They just actually revamped their uh, realtor safety program. They offer toolkits, they offer systems and processes, they offer webinars so that you can get training and it's easy to access. It's nar.realtor backslash safety. So easy to find. And if you don't have a process in place, I always say start there and customize it and make it your own. Like at least put something in place 
My invitation is to every broker owner that's out there, especially during Realtor Safety Month, is to have that conversation with the agents in your office so that everyone's on the same page. That's the one call that you never want to get is that your agent was in a in an unfortunate or unsafe environment or what have you. Um, so that's my biggest piece. There are a ton of other resources here in the state of Colorado. One of the applications that we have is called Forewarn so that you can start to do a reverse search on clients. It probably uh, replaces the process of getting a copy of someone's driver's license before going out. I think it's an advanced step beyond getting a photo of a driver's license because... They can get like criminal background checks and things like that too through Forewarn, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's a go-to. Always utilizing the showing services that you have. I think that's a big piece. I am also a big fan of uh, not using manual lockboxes. I think those are so dangerous. So dangerous. Um, and when I say manual lockboxes, the roller combo lockboxes and not something that's electronic that you can track the access to a property. Those roller lockboxes, if you think about it, again, this is just what happens. If you're showing a property, you enter the four-digit combination on the lockbox. You don't scramble it before you go into the house. So if someone comes behind you, let's say you're in the home looking at the property with your client if there is someone with um, ill intent, they could just walk up, look at the code and walk away. And you are none the wiser that someone now has that combination to that lockbox, right? So it's there are so many things that I think, you know, just in terms of technology, use it to your advantage. And then just be aware of, you know, don't show in the moment that you're showing 123 Main Street, that you're at 123 Main Street, because it's just an announcement to the world to say, hey, I'm here alone. Come and find me. Here's the address. Well, like we do with open houses, right? Yeah. Exactly. Be aware of that. Uh, be aware of those things as well. I like it. That's great. Yeah. Now I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all this because there's so many things that we look at as like, oh, that's a best practice for doing this or whatnot that you start to look at and you're like, oh, that really opens up some interesting doors that maybe I wasn't thinking about. And I think that we do get caught up in this industry about how do we get our first closing? How do we have our next closing? How do we make a paycheck? I need to get a closing right now. I need to find the new piece of business that we really start overlooking stuff. And you mentioned about talking in your office. You know, if you're a managing broker, you know, take it one of the, you know, the the sales meetings this month and go into this with your your agents and talk about it. I think it, that's something that's overlooked in those moments is sometimes we look at the rookies, the newer agents coming in and we're like, okay, I'm going to have the safety talk with them. But a lot of times it's the experienced agents that have let their guard down. They're in a groove. This is how I've done it for years. No big yes. deal. We, I've been fine for the last 15 years. I'll continue to be fine. And they're some of the ones that probably have some of the worst habits out there around maintaining their safety. Exactly. Lots of elements there to make it part of your just office protocol and office uh, kind of uh, uh, word of the office. So Natalie, thank you. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap the episode up? No, I think that's it. I'm, I'm good. Other than horror stories, but I don't want to scare anyone straight. So we got some good ones. <laughs> no, we're not going to go there. We're not going there. We're not going yeah. there. I'm so happy we talked the other day and uh, I'm happy we kept this on point. Natalie and I can get into just kind of joking mode sometimes. And Matt, I'm really happy you were here because you were the one bringing the question today. Every time you asked a question, I was like, that's a good question. I'm really happy Matt's asking that. Oh, I know. I always got to keep you two on track. It's like yes. Natalie's co-host of her podcast, Pam Cass, is she is yes that for her too. We all need an anchor. Those of us <laughs> that are like us, <laughs> you definitely need an anchor. Otherwise, we just wander around out in the woods. We're just 
one. <laughs> I love it. It's great. But thank you so much. Uh, obviously, Natalie is one of our coaches. Uh, so if you're sitting here and going like, oh, yeah, I hear about ninja coaching all the time. Garrett talks about it. Natalie is one of our coaches. I'm so excited. Matt, obviously, is one of our coaches. If you're looking for coaching through Ninja and you want somebody to help you down this path, we can do that. And we've got a ton more coaches here available to help you that are experienced with Ninja and the processes and everything around this. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling in general, go to ninjaselling.com. There you can learn about upcoming classes and events that are going on there. And if you want to get like-minded people just like you that listen to the podcast and you want to experience that and share ideas and grow with them, network with them, we have the Ninja Selling community, the podcast community on Facebook. Go check that out. And uh, other than that, Matt, thank you. Natalie, thank you so much as always. And uh, this is great. Appreciate you all. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. It's great to see you. Great seeing you guys. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.